Answering Mormon's Questions by Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson deals with 36 commonly asked questions by your LDS friends and neighbors. It's a great resource for Christians who want to share their faith with friends and loved ones. Be sure to pick up your copy today at your favorite Christian bookstore. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Does the New Testament have a health code comparable to what Mormons call the Word of Wisdom? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began looking at an article that was in the New Era magazine for August of 2019, New Era is a publication put out by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, written more for a young adult audience. And there was this article titled, Vaping, Coffee, Tea, and Marijuana. It opens up by saying, let's clear up a few items that young people today may be confused about when it comes to the Word of Wisdom. And as we explained yesterday, the Word of Wisdom is a health code that Mormons have had since 1833 when Joseph Smith claimed he received a revelation on February 27th that came to be known as the Word of Wisdom. And as we explained yesterday, when this first came out, it was not looked upon as a commandment. That did not come about until later on. And so the question I raised yesterday that doesn't seem to bother a lot of members of the LDS Church is, do they really think it's okay for their mortal leaders to subvert or override something that they believe God originally told their founding prophet, and in this case, the fact that it says it's not by commandment or constraint, but yet today the Mormon Church has most definitely made it into a commandment. And yesterday, Eric, you read a couple of quotes that supports that conclusion. Well, the question I asked at the beginning of the show had to do with, does the New Testament have any type of health code? No, it doesn't. And in fact, it's not that Jesus didn't even talk about this, but what did Jesus say? He said, don't worry about the stuff that goes into your body. Worry more about what comes out of your mouth. And uh, it's not what goes in that defiles, it's what comes out of you that defiles a man. In the book of Colossians, there is something that is written that I think we can use as a guideline. And I would argue that what Paul writes in Colossians certainly doesn't sound what Joseph Smith writes in the Word of Wisdom. This is what he says at the beginning of Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Skip down to verse 20, and it continues. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. It's interesting that Paul uses that word wisdom. 
human wisdom, and yet it's the same word that's used in this health code, the word of wisdom. It seems like if Paul knew about Joseph Smith at the time, that would have been kind of a little dig at Joseph Smith. But of course, he wasn't aware of that. We know that. But here's the point. We're not at all against a Christian organization talking to their flock about physical health as well as spiritual health. And as I mentioned yesterday, I'm not even against the Mormon organization doing that with their people. There are some things, I think, in the Word of Wisdom that are probably pretty good ideas. I think there's some things in this article that are some pretty good ideas. Where we would draw the line is when they cross the line to say that if you violate what's written in the Word of Wisdom, section 89 of the Doctrine and Covenants, now you're in the area of sinful behavior. In fact, as you read yesterday, you can't even get a temple recommend, which is your little card that permits you to go into a temple to partake of the endowment ceremony, if you don't follow the word of wisdom. That's not what it says in section 89. That came about later on. In fact, that came about in 1921. That's how long it took before this actually became a requirement to order to enter into the temple. And of course, if you don't go through the temple as a Latter-day Saint, you don't qualify for celestial exaltation. So you could say... Your salvation hinges on whether or not you comply with what it says in section 89. It's fascinating when you look at Colossians chapter 2, and he talks about human regulations, human wisdom, and a Latter-day Saint might say, well, the word of wisdom comes from God. But as we looked at Galatians, we did a whole series on the book of Galatians, Paul had to deal a lot with people who wanted to rely on the law and still call themselves Christians. And one part of that law was the dietary law. And there were religious people, as here, religious festivals, new moon celebrations, Sabbath day. I mean, the Jews were very famous for for following those kinds of dietary kosher laws. And Paul said, no, this is not part of the gospel that has been given to us by grace. And in fact, if you go to Acts chapter 15 at the Jerusalem Council, they wanted to make all of the new believers not only get circumcised, they also had to follow this dietary kosher law. And they agreed that that was not part of this. And so, Bill, you say there are some good things found in the Word of Wisdom, and I would agree with you. But to make that into spiritual commandments, to be able to be righteous before God, certainly goes against the book of Galatians. It goes against the book of Romans. It goes against the whole gospel that we read about in the New Testament. And certainly what Paul writes about here in Colossians 2, 16 and following, talking about freedom from human rules, we don't have rules that are going to justify our going into heaven or not going into heaven based on what man has put together. And I'm going to say outright, I don't believe that God did give Joseph Smith the word of wisdom. I believe that there were other factors involved with why he came up with this. Well, let's go back to this article because it it explains some facts about the word of wisdom. And then it goes on to say, so with those facts in mind, let's try to clear up a few items that Latter-day Saint youth today may find a little confusing. So this is an article written for younger people in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's one reason why I'm sure it's found in the New Era magazine, because that publication is geared towards that audience. And they're going to talk about some of the things that our young people in America, and probably throughout the world, many of the developed countries, I would say especially, the habits that are starting to grow that they feel 
LDS youth should not be a part of. And one of those, it starts off right off the bat with vaping and e-cigarettes. What does it say in the paragraph? Because these are small little paragraphs that gives you a, a very quick position. And then it goes on to the next topic. But what does it say about vaping and e-cigarettes, Eric? Electronic vaporizers or e-cigarettes are devices people use to inhale mist, usually with various flavors. One study showed that nearly two-thirds of teen e-cigarette users thought that the pods they were vaping contained only flavoring. That's way, way far from the truth. Most vaping pods contain nicotine, which is highly addictive, and all of them contain harmful chemicals. Vaping is clearly against the word of wisdom. First of all, I don't think this is a huge problem in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and this is why. It is too close to cigarette smoking, and most Mormons, they would tell you right off, cigarette smoking is certainly a sin. It's going to disqualify you from getting in the temple. It's going to disqualify you from being exalted in the next life. So here's vaping, which looks very similar, and I've heard many Mormons, when they talk about avoiding the very appearance of evil, that I would think they would probably apply that verse with vaping, because it looks very much like cigarette smoking. But there are a lot of health risks with vaping. It doesn't take long to find out some information on this. I I found one website that I thought was quite fascinating. It's called Science News for Students. So this is a website that's geared towards reaching a younger audience. And when you look up vaping, on the sidebar, there are a lot of other articles that dealt with this subject. Let me just read some of the things that it said. These were the article titles, Heart Risks Seen in Regular Vapors. A vapor is a person who partakes in vaping. Another article, e-cigarettes don't need nicotine to be toxic. Another one, vape tricks could increase health risks, experts warn. These vape tricks are what you can do with the smoke that comes out of your mouth or out of your lungs, you could say. Another one, e-cigs create toxic vapors from harmless e-liquids. Another one, vaping may put your smile at risk. Another Teen vaping soars past cigarette use, and another, vaping may threaten brain, immunity, and more. Now, just those titles would tell me this is probably not a good habit to get involved in. So I don't have a problem with the church cautioning its young members to stay away from this, because there are some health risks involved, and and I think that we should honor our bodies that God has given us, and we don't go out of our way to do things that are going to bring health risks to our body. So I don't have a problem with that. Again, it's when you cross the line and you start saying, now you're in the area of sin, and if you partake of this particular habit, that's going to have a detrimental effect on your spiritual welfare in the next life. See, that's where I think the church goes beyond the boundaries of what the New Testament tells us. There's some common wisdom that I think all of us as Bible-believing Christians should follow, and I think there are a lot of unspoken rules, you might say, even within Christianity when it comes to the imbibing of certain substances. But to say that that would prevent you from going to heaven, or in the Mormon case, to say that will prevent you from spiritual exaltation or celestial exaltation, I just think is going 
past the boundaries of the New Testament. Well, that's one of the things the church is known for, for having all the different commandments that you have to keep in order to be able to get the forgiveness of sins. It's a very much works-oriented religion. And so, yes, of course, we don't have a problem with them encouraging their youth to not vape or to use e-cigarettes, etc. But again, if you're making this into a commandment that is going to give you spiritual blessing if you do it, I'm not sure there's a spiritual blessing so much as a physical blessing. Yes, of course, but uh, not to somehow gain God's approval or, again, as we said, to be able to be qualified so that for a young person, starting at the age of 11, to be able to go into the temple and do the temple ordinance work. They do baptism for the dead. That's a regular work of, of those who are of that age. Before they can actually go through the whole ceremony themselves, they're doing baptisms for the dead. And they have to not be doing these things either, or they won't get approved to be able to go do that work. Yeah, it's all connected, folks. Uh, There's certain types of behavior that the Word of Wisdom prohibits that if you violate it, it's going to have some significant spiritual consequences in the context of Mormonism, we should say. Now, some of them, I'll be quite honest with you, I think are silly, especially the hot drinks thing. Hot drinks has been defined as referring only to coffee and tea. I would think that if God wanted to really get his message across. He could have been more specific and actually say that, but it doesn't say coffee or tea in the Word of Wisdom. It merely says hot drinks. And tomorrow's show, we're going to look at that topic under the subheading of mocha, latte, macchiato, etc. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.